0: This podcast edition of Other Side of Texas is brought to you by our friends at Flint Boot and Hat, a West Texas original. You want a great hat or you want to make your boots great again, go see them at 3035 34th Street or Flint and 34th Street in Lubbock or see more at flinthat.com. It was freezing
1: cold in
0: Dallas when I made my getaway.
1: I ran a cold front. When I gave my truck the rains Barreling down a 35 with one thought on my mind Forget the race, find an open space, be that city far behind.
0: Hey there, howdy! A rather glim day here in West Texas Well, most of the region gonna get into some ford credit company versus rager dykes your thoughts 806-745-5800 also going to get into uh, a good conversation parent life a good ministry based out of lubbock and i'll get into the merits of parent life here just a moment i'm your host jay west texas leeson thank you for hanging out on my other side of texas i've got some news from you Based upon people I've talked with today within Ford Credit Company, uh, people who are in the know and drawing perspective for me on just what it means to Lubbock and the region to have this suit, which resulted in a bankruptcy filing by uh, Rager Dykes and uh, I should say entities associated with Rager Dykes. I'm your host, Jay west texas leeson we are broadcasting from the racer car wash studios voted lubbock's best wash five years running whenever you come into town for one of those texas tech games or for a scenic tour of lubbock or if you're already here go to racerwash.com find the location closest and most convenient for you here in the hub city check them out again racerwash.com excuse me a little coughing break there i mentioned yesterday on the program that ford credit company had and this is not any news now in west texas and perhaps across texas ford credit company laying down a lawsuit 41 million dollars on rager dykes and entities associated with regular Dykes since I left since I last signed off looked into this and uh, found some details now this is what I want to say to you that people inside Ford are one and the same with the people in Lubbock and the surrounding region in that They have never seen anything like this, Uh, 41 million. Now, what I've heard is different people say, we've dealt with automotive groups, small mom and pop groups that were bad at bookkeeping. Uh, Perhaps they lose a dozen cars, lose tabs on a dozen cars, uh, trucks. Uh, We go in, they'll check the mail, they'll look at the floor plans, they'll stay there effectively stay there because they have essentially written mortgages on each one of these units and they will stay there until those payments are made back to ford but never have they seen anything on this scale now we look at that 41 million now i'm not presuming guilt or innocence i'm just laying out facts contextual facts because we haven't seen anything like this before Standard operating procedure for Ford is that they go in and they essentially, Ford Motor Company makes the vehicles. Ford Credit comes in and provides the financing, and it's fiduciary responsibility of the dealership to pay the money back. $41 million is what my understanding is that auditors. Have gone into DPS offices have looked for titles and registrations and these are the vehicles that they have found 40 totaling 41 million dollars unaccounted for that they've not been paid back for now that presents an interesting question what then happens with those vehicles now let's just say the average F-150 runs forty five thousand dollars that's 900 some 900 911 F-150s now it's more make and models than just that that Ford is saying effectively in this lawsuit that they've not been paid back for now I've also spoken to people today who say that by the time this is all said and done that number could well leap up to 80 million dollars so some 1800 vehicles out there so then the bank financed it the people took the note either financed it or paid with cash but Ford was never paid back so it presents a very interesting question what is Ford's legal right at that point could you as a Ford owner who paid with cash but Ford was never paid back can Ford go get your vehicle now there's a lot of, I see a lot of sympathy and I'm trying to play the middle line here A lot of sympathy for Rager Dykes and the sort of uh, charitable citizen corporation that they've been but what about when these stories come forward in the months to come where people paid at least at the very least put money down and their vehicles could very well be repossessed and is it even and this is just a question for car dealers anybody else wants to chime in 806-745-5800 can they even operate at this point uh so they've made they've gone in they've filed can they even operate or does ford come in and just start dragging cars off the lot i got a lot more to say about this as we go on. We're going to get a guest in as we head into the break and uh, and change topics. But this is going to be the topic of the day as we roll on. And then, man, some details within the lawsuit. Now, again, I mean, so you don't presume guilt. But at the same time, people have gone in and made affidavits, have signed their name under oath and said this is what they said happened Ford came in audited some of these lots wanted to audit some of these lots and based upon page I believe it's 395 to 397 within Ford's audit of let me let me effort that for just a moment uh, 397 to 399 of Ford's lawsuit um there's there's a ford representative who went in to check ford plan uh floor plans and said quote bart rager threatened to well bart rager quote threatened to shoot my i'm not going to say the word it starts with an f shoot my blank a money money and then he says that uh Rager substantiated that claim to him in another electronic message, as well as uh, two other people associated with the dealership. Here's my initial take: is that I know that people are hoping for the best, and I hope that the people who are representing uh, Rager do present the best and are able to mitigate the damage. But it seems to me at this very point, as I broadcast from you on the other side of Texas, which is going to be most impacted by what seems to be the collapse of the rager dykes auto group that it's hope for the best but expect the worst and that's we're we're going to leave you here in this monologue going to get into a little another topic our friend renee morales parent life lubbock going to come in i'm going to tell you why i want her to be on this show because we we need to be high support high challenge in this culture and people like renee are helping make that happen stick right with us here on the other side of texas we'll be right back with you in about 90 seconds johnny
1: can't drink because johnny ain't 21 yeah, and it's pretty handy with a gun.
0: excuse me welcome back into the program jay west texas leeson thank you for hanging out on my side of texas now a disclaimer before we get in with our next guest moan horton brown was supposed to be on the program today but they are tied up they are are representing in the aforementioned case uh, in in the monologue with uh ford and uh, rager auto group the rager dykes auto group and we expect them to be on in the future uh, but i think it speaks to their acumen as a as a firm that uh whenever you're faced with some some pretty big problems who do you go to mullen horde and brown so we have in studio renee morales who i personally support who i really enjoy she runs a group of Called uh, an organization called uh, Parent Life. And I want to talk with her about this for just a moment, but let me set it up first, Renee. Right now, the hot topic we talked with uh, Pete Flores, who won a Senate district campaign, or came in first uh, in a Senate district race in uh, West and South Texas on Tuesday night. And his first issue out of the gate and why he won as a Republican it came in first I should say he's still got to run against Pete Gallego but you can't just assume because you're Latino that you're Democrat and there are a lot of Democrat a lot of Latinos who are conservative and that was the point that he made on the program yesterday but the life issue will believe you me, be an issue going forward especially with uh, incoming just it seems like there would be a miracle to over overcome Brett Kavanaugh from being named to the Supreme Court. Now you've got a Supreme Court that is conservative. You've got bills in Texas like Senate Bill Four. Just go Google Senate Bill Four in Texas, an omnibus uh, uh, abortion bill. And so abortions are either going to become unlawful, which I think is a far shot, a long shot, but it will become more and more difficult. In states like Texas to obtain an abortion. But on the other side of that, what are we going to do? Because I think data clearly shows that most abortions happen within lower socioeconomic demographics. So what do you do then? We mandate that the child is born. I'm pro life, I understand it. But there's also a conviction that I have and my family has of so they are born, so what then? Because our children, my wife, stayed at home while they went uh, until we held the first three back because they were all summer babies. They went to school a year late. Charity made the sacrifice, stayed at home. Now a very successful realtor, but made the sacrifice because we knew that those first six years were pivotal. But there are people who don't have that opportunity. So what then do you do? And especially whenever they're born not only into lower socioeconomic demographics, but are born into poverty in many cases. Renee Morales joins us in studio. Let me give you your proper due there, Renee, and say that uh, you head up Parent Life in Lubbock. Tell us a little bit about your organization, what you're doing to fill in the gaps with some who are not ready to be parents, but have decided that they would carry through the pregnancy and they would face what's in front of them.
2: Absolutely, thank you for having me here, Jay. Um, Parent Life is a part of an international organization called Youth for Christ. We have been in the Lubbock area for almost 11 years now. Um, And when we first started, it was just four or five moms that came to our group. Teen moms is who we we reached out to at the time. Since then, um, we now have both moms and dads that come to our program um, that are under the age of 20 and are either pregnant or... Wait, how many again? They're under the age of 20. Okay.
0: But how many under the age of 20?
2: Yes, the moms or the dads, and the dads have to be under 20. No, but how many? Oh, how many? We uh, This year, we saw almost 150 okay. that have been through our yep. doors at some point this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they can be either pregnant or already raising their child. And what we provide is um, emotional and spiritual support, walking alongside them. Um, like you said, they have made this brave decision to give not only give birth to their child but to raise this child um and so we provide um, but some
0: people let me just stop you there okay some people would say whatever their circumstances some people would say well that's not brave it's their responsibility so what would you say to them why would you call it brave seeing and walking with them right. why brave
2: because there's so many obstacles that they have to face and there are other choices out there that they could have chose that maybe would have been a little bit easier. Um, abortion being one of them. Um, adoption is not necessarily an easy choice. Uh, I do support it wholeheartedly if that's, um, if that's the mother's decision. But there are other choices they could have chose and especially knowing the obstacles they're gonna face, statistics show that they're less likely to graduate high school. Uh, they're less likely to ever be out living outside of poverty. Uh, their children are more likely to either be incarcerated or to repeat the teen pregnancy in when they get older um, and so there's a lot of obstacles that they're gonna they're gonna face raising a child is not easy it's not cheap and so um, you know knowing those things and maybe not fully but I think to some extent they know that it's not going to be easy but yet they chose to go ahead and go through with the pregnancy
0: Oh okay, wait, so tell me a little I'm gonna get back to it's by nature a political show and i want to get into the politics here in just a moment but tell me a little bit about walking with you know 100 150 of these kids
2: yeah
0: what what's take i'm sitting here at 39 i got four kids but what's a kid thinking at 17 who's who's got a child
2: um honestly at 17 they are still thinking like most teenagers do. Um, they've got the same typical teenage issues that any teenager has, but now they've got the added responsibility of a human life that's dependent on them. And I think for a lot of the moms and dads that we work with, we do see them grow up really fast. I think sometimes people tend to think that they're irresponsible or they're lazy or they're not gonna be good parents, but we've seen quite the opposite where they a lot of them rise to that challenge and they become, um, they do a, an incredible job of raising their children um because they they have so many obstacles to overcome and they have so many people expecting them to fail and so i think that for a lot of our teens um you know they they realize the responsibility that they have and for some of them they'll say that their babies saved them they would be they would not be um back in school and working hard to provide a good home and a good family life for their child uh they would probably be out on the streets partying or making really bad uh, choices for their lives if they had not gotten pregnant and been forced to make a decision to grow up.
0: But then decisions can possibly become worse. So how 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 does parent life reach these kids and draw them in?
2: The biggest thing I think that we provide for them is mentorship. That we we acknowledge that hey, you've chosen to give life to your baby. You've chosen to raise your baby. It's not going to be easy because even at 39, it's not easy. Um, But we're going to be here to walk alongside you and to be a resource for you, to be a friend that's not going to judge you or, um, you know, tell you you can't do this or you're a bad mom or, you know, any of the things that they think that we're going to tell them when they first walk in the door. And once they learn to trust us, then they realize, okay, I have this person that maybe doesn't have everything together because nobody does, but... I trust them and I know that they have good advice and I can come to them and I can ask them to help me or I can um, ask them to pray with me or I can ask them to show me what do I do in this situation or how do how, what do I do when my child's been screaming all night and I'm tired and I'm frustrated and
0: Is that the number one that you get from from the moms like for practical advice what what do they ask you so like I know what it's like to have a gosh what i mean we had we had a daughter and then 19 months later we had twin boys Mm -hmm. so no i know what it's like to be up at night with three snotty noses kids who can't breathe and that's yeah i mean that's an outlier because we were crazy and we had all these kids (laughs) at one point but uh for most moms what's the most practical thing
2: definitely um Dealing with kids that won't sleep when you're exhausted. Um, Discipline issues as they get a little bit older. How do you discipline your child in a positive way? Relationship issues are always at the forefront of...
0: Relationship for whom?
2: um, With the mom and the dad or with a new boyfriend, Mm -hmm. if that's the case sometimes. Um, You know, I mean, they're they're still teenagers. They're still trying to navigate relationships, not just with boyfriend-girlfriend issues. But, you know, I'm a mom, but I still live at home with my mom. So, how do I deal with my mom telling me how to raise my baby, but I don't agree with her?
0: So, Renee Morales, Parent Life, love it right here in the studios with us. You, so there's the mentorship, but also I've been a youth minister. Kids want to come for more, more practical, should absolutely I say? <laughs> reasons. Like, what am I gonna get? What's free? Yes. But you guys provide for. Nurturance beyond like spiritual and counseling, yes, but you also provide them with
2: incentives. Um, we do have lots of incentives to try to get them in the door um, and it's not to, it's not a bad thing that some of them come just for the diapers or just for the door prizes or the food. We have um, dinner every week. For some of our teams um, in low very low socioeconomic areas, they, this may be the best meal that they're getting all week. and is so this,
0: is it primarily lower socioeconomic?
2: Um, you know, honestly we have a really good mix. Okay. Um, I feel like teen pregnancy is an issue that crosses all boundaries, racial, socioeconomic. We've got kids from all all areas and all walks of life. Um, you know, and I, I think we tend to think that it, it only happens in lower socioeconomic families, mm-hmm. but it doesn't. It happens kids are getting pregnant. They're yeah. having sex and they're getting pregnant.
0: <laughs> but I would think by and large higher socioeconomic demographics have more accessibility yes. to mentoring to supplies yes
2: to, mostly to, to supplies. supplies and and possibly to more supportive families um you know if you come from a uh, a life of poverty and your mom is working multiple jobs just to make ends meet and now you're bringing another mouth to feed into the family, um, it definitely puts a lot of stress on family dynamics. And so there is not always the familial support there when a girl gets pregnant. Mm Um, And so that's where we want to step in and help with that. So we do provide diapers. If they, every week that they come, they get to leave with a pack of diapers as long as they stay the entire class. Mm -hmm. They also earn what we call baby bucks. And then they can buy baby items like clothes and toys and uh, formula and pretty much anything they need, they can buy it in our baby boutique with their points. And so they earn points by coming, they earn points by getting good grades in school. So if they bring us their report card, we will give them baby bucks for their, their grades. If they are working, uh, we feel like the welfare system kind of sets them up for failure, and so we want to encourage them to get a job that and to be successful. For failure how? Um, because honestly, you can—it's a lot easier to just stay on welfare um, long term than to go. They, they will make more money staying on welfare than to go get a job because as, as soon as you get a job, you're making too much money to qualify for that Maybe, assistance. but in
0: the short term.
2: But long term, you're not making enough money to. Even though you're making too much for welfare, you're not making enough to pay for childcare and to pay for food and to pay for all of those things. And so they're penalized for making for having a job, but they're not making enough to actually provide for the needs that they have., mm.
0: uh, you're gonna stick with us through the break, and I want to get into how you're dealing with the muck and the mire of what could become a more emerging situation and what your suggestion would be for listeners and those who are seeking to launch initiatives like Renee Morales at Parent Life in Lubbock. Going to hit this break and we'll be right back with you here man. on the other side of town. Number one in the land A shoe shine man Make you shine where you stand
1: Leave me a tear
0: howdy jay west texas leeson here i'm going to tell you about my friends at flint boot and hat they've been building hats since 1994 and repairing boots i guess since forever my dog chewed up my ostrich boots jared and his guys replaced the heel, made them look new again put new pulls on and at a super affordable price they've resold my boots and they build great hats love these guys go check them out 3035 34th street or flint boot and hat shop at flint and
1: 34th street see more at flinthat.com molded out of red clay and baked in the west texas sun to perfection is the other side of texas with jay leeson but it's
0: the same old tune, fiddling guitar, where do we take it from here? Well, back in, other side of Texas, Rhyme hanging out with me James on my side of Texas, Jay car, West Texas. Leasing in studio, Renee Morales, Parent Life, Lubbock. Uh, you've heard a little bit about the organization. People want to look you up, Renee, how do they uh, become a part of Parent Life? Or maybe they just want to reduplicate your efforts in another part of Texas.
2: Yeah, definitely. um, You can find us on Facebook. We have a very active community Facebook page. It's Parent Life Lubbock. Um, We are also part of Youth for Christ, like I said. And so um, if you are interested in starting something similar to this through Youth for Christ, you would contact the Youth for Christ National Office.
0: Uh, What is... uh, I've got some just to... And this is a great thing. People, listeners hear me say this all the time. The great part of being on radio is you don't have to research. You can just ask people questions. So what is... uh, Once a once a teenager becomes pregnant what is what are the chances that they will become repeat a pregnancy
2: uh the last statistics that i looked up um are a couple years old but it was eighty percent of them are likely to have a repeat pregnancy before the age of 20. Wow.
0: Hmm. so what do you can i know you probably don't have a scientific study on parent life but do you see a reduction in that rate there with your organization?
2: Some years we do, and some years we don't. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it can be discouraging, but at the same time, um, we do see, we do see a lot of positive baby steps in other areas: finishing high school, some of them even going on to college or trade school, um, getting married and starting a family. There there is definitely positive steps that happen. Yeah. Um, that they do. There does tend to be a higher. So
0: within all the, let's go text ledge and let's go politics for just a second. It seems to me that a lot of people are willing to take the side, like the wave the pro life flag, until things get a little dirty. Until you have to begin to, essentially take responsibility for your pose- for your position, that. And this is, I, I hear, there is this discussion of, well, are you pro life in a holistic sense or are you pro life like until the baby's crowned and comes into this world? And for me, and this is just my own values, but if you're going to be pro life, you better be holistically pro life, like post womb. And, i'm not necessarily i mean you've had your own criticism of welfare and how it can discourage kids from rising above Uh, so i'm not necessarily i do think that government plays an important role i don't want to dismiss that i think that there are plenty of programs mothers who have access to section 8 housing for a temporary time and have welfare as necessary um, for a, a period of time but there also becomes the point in which you got to throw it in. And I don't think it's realistic. Let me just vent for just a second. It is not I hear people, and I just think they're kooks, who are like, well, let the church just take up all Medicaid and Medicare. Like, okay. So you want the church, American churches, to somehow agree all of a sudden, and then to write the note on a trillion, two trillion dollars. Not realistic. But... At the same time, there have to be organizations and um, groups that we're a part of who step into the gap. Nonprofits, by way of faith or conviction or whatever it might be. But you have to, you talked about discouragement sometimes because, you know, I've been in ministry and it's easy because you see like progress, progress, and then boom, they're yeah, gone. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but it also it has to be. I'm just assuming. Now you tell me if I'm wrong. But is there discouragement with you that you see individuals, maybe public or otherwise, who are lauding pro-life, but can't step into the gap with something like with which you're dealing? Because now you got dirt underneath your fingers, uh, underneath your fingernails. Right. Like you're you're in the trenches at that point. I made a position that I would be pro-life. And I don't want this kid to get caught in a uh, Martin Luther King language in the uh, tentacles of circumstance or in a spiral of poverty. So I'm going to step in here. It's easy to be pro-life, but whenever you got to step in and hold hands with a 17-year-old girl and show her the way, then now you're now you're living what you're preaching. Yeah. So is it discouraging that you don't see more pro-life? get involved
2: it is it um I've been doing this for uh, 11 years here in Lubbock um and that is probably like one of the
0: pro-life capital of the world yeah that's also, probably one of the biggest like the highest teen pregnancy in, we're, we're definitely in, up there in, we're, in, in the country
2: yeah Texas unfortunately is is leading the way um no. the good news is this last year or two had the teen pregnancy rate has dropped some so and I don't know what I don't know what that contributes to I haven't done a whole lot of research on that um but yes, definitely, um, it is. It has been challenging to um, to raise funds for this ministry. Uh, we are still about seventy percent funded, and this is pretty much where we live at every from year to year. God does provide; He's faithful, and we've never gone without. Um, but there's so much more we could be doing if we weren't stressed about money coming in, and are we going to be able to afford to continue paying the light bill at our ministry center? Getting diapers for girls who need them, things like that.
0: Uh, How many mentors do you have out there?
2: Uh, Right now we have ten, and we are always looking for more. Um, I can only go so deep with so many people, so Mm -hmm. many kids, and so that's really where I think um, the genius behind the Parent Life Ministry is: is that we empower adult volunteers to then take three to four teens and parent them. The, the volunteers? No, uh, the students. The teens.
0: students, or uh, I say the students, the teenagers, they refer to you by the school district or how, how? A lot of it is word of
2: mouth okay. and Facebook, social media. Um, so, yeah, but uh, we do, you know, other organizations, WIC and pregnancy testing clinics do have our flyers and they pass mm-hmm. them out. And just this last year, we've gotten into several schools where we're able to do um, parenting type classes on campus. Uh, 14 parents that are enrolled in school and then we can invite them to yeah. our weekly meetings as well
0: hi uh, so you got a big speaking of Taking up thirty you need to make up thirty percent. Big gala coming up. Yes. Here, tell us a little bit about that, what it looks like, and when it is.
2: It is October 19th. It'll be at the Eberly Brooks Events Center. This was this is our fifth annual gala and silent auction. Um it is just a really like I know I'm biased because this is my organization, but it is a really beautiful night. Um, just encouraging and inspiring to hear the stories, to see the story of parent life and of what these kids have gone through and the life changes that Christ has done in their lives. Um, and so it is our biggest fundraiser and we are definitely uh, just praying for a good turnout. Um, we're still about, we have about a month where we're accepting sponsorships and um, silent auction donations. So if there's businesses or churches that would like to do a sponsorship, um, you know, they can contact me about that and we would love to partner with them.
0: Yeah, And contact you how?
2: Uh, my phone number is eight zero six five three five five four eight six, or info at yfclubick dot org.
0: Okay, same one more time.
2: Eight zero six five three five five four eight six or info at yfclubick dot org. And the galas is October nineteenth.
0: All right, the nineteenth is that a Friday?
2: It is a Friday night. Yeah, um, this is our first year doing it on a Friday. Tickets are free. um, It doesn't cost anything to come to the gala. Of course, we will be giving an opportunity to make donations. Don't take the food. (laughs) Please don't. Please don't. What's for dinner? Um, We don't have our menu set yet. We're making that decision Monday. But it will be delicious.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, Renee, good work, and we appreciate you coming in. Um, Any parting thoughts for listeners?
2: Um, just thank you for allowing me to to be here to share yeah, this absolutely. I I think it's definitely a topic yeah. that um, needs to be addressed in our community
0: I just uh, I know that the life issue and look you're not dealing in the forefront with the life issue I am um, in the topic as a whole but I really just to state it again if we're gonna be high challenge we have to be high support and I appreciate folks like yourself stepping into the gaps and taking care of these issues because they do, it becomes, it, it bears upon society. Yeah. And you can either fix it or help alleviate it, and mend those hearts, or you can just let it bear out and, and see what happens. Yeah. Uh, Renee Morales, thank you so much. Thank you. We're going to kick it in to break, get back in with the topic of the day. Man, this Rigor Dykes Ford thing, like a bomb and floating in love and loving. More.
1: Right here on the other side of Texas. This is what happens when your mother drops you on your head one too many times. Welcome back to the other side with Jay Lee Sin.
0: Welcome back in to the studios where Buddy Holly became famous and we just do what we do here and that's just rave on, man. We just we don't we aren't sheeple. We rave on like our friend <laughs> buddy. Well
1: no,
0: rave on Jay West Texas listen taking you home on this Thursday drive home. Rave on my friend. I
1: love
0: you, yeah, yeah. yeah, so miss my calling to make minimum wage and do uh some djing. so a story across and it's not just uh West Texas, it's across the region uh with this rigor dykes thing I, if you've missed, we'll put this podcast up and you can go in and you can hear more of what I said in the monologue. But a uh, lot more details out there. Uh, man, that lawsuit is 400 pages long. Lots of details. You can't presume, but people at the same time have put their names on uh, these documents and have sworn an oath under these documents. And so you just wonder, golly, uh, is it, is it, you know, like I said, expect the worst but um, hope for the best and that's the best you can do I mean be cliche but that's where we are Uh, somebody who's not very cliche somebody who speaks his mind is our friend Blue Collar Bill and he wants to chime in here Blue Collar Bill you've heard all the details you've read these things what's your take uh, a long standing West Texan on what's going down with
1: Rager Dykes Man, it's, 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 a, it's a real bad deal, Jay. And I, I hope you can hear me. I'm getting a little static out here. I'm kind of in a bad spot.
0: Yeah, it kind of sounds like somebody's either building robots or has uh, harvested cotton early and they're building modules.
1: Yeah, I'm hoping it'll clear up here in just a second. Maybe okay. it already has. Where are you right now? Uh, I'm just outside of Idolo, east one back towards
0: Lubbock. Okay. So, uh... Tell us some of your thoughts, though. You've seen this stuff play out. You're the voice of the common man. What's your takeaway thus far?
1: Um, you know, you and I discussed some of this earlier. Uh, I worked for Gene Messer uh, from 03 to 05, and, and, and Mark Rager was, was the guy who trained me uh how to sell cars. Uh, and, and, and I learned a lot about him, and, and, and I think that plays a lot in, 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 into, into what I think about this. Uh, given his personality, uh, Bart is, 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 is a very smart man, uh, very well-educated, very well-read. Uh, he is e- extremely high-strung, extremely driven, uh, just almost maniacal extremely competitive, he would rather die than lose, and I think that in his personality is going to be the basis of how we got spun out of control here. I, I, I Looking at the surface of this, I think he got sideways somewhere uh, financially. I think he started pulling money from one account to, to shore up another, you know, rob Peter to pay Paul and hope you can catch up and, 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 and bankroll your way out of it. Uh, I think his competitive nature and his drive to win, his unyielding drive to win, I've never seen anybody so driven in my life as Bart Raker. They just do not exist. Hmm. Uh, I, I think, I think we're going to find out in the end that he got sideways somewhere financially and tried to And tried to bankroll his way out of it, and got more and more sideways, and it snowballed on
0: him. Well, let me just speak from where I'm sitting on this thing, and I'm not speaking for any party, but effectively in the lawsuit, as I've read it, Ford Motor, uh, Ford Credit is saying, "Look, there are they've gone in and they put auditors out." This is my understanding, uh, from what I've been told. They put auditors out to look for the titles and look for registrations and what they have accounted for is 41 million dollars worth of vehicles that they were not repaid for and that's what prompts at least what is the beginning of this situation and i stated earlier you know f-150 at 45,000 now you're missing 911 of these things so where are they and i think you know again from what i said earlier uh, people inside uh, automotive credit will tell you that it's this is somewhat not common but happens with some frequency in a mom and pop shop that doesn't keep very good books Maybe they missed a dozen vehicles. Where are they? And they have to go through their mail, and they essentially take over the lot. Um, But something on the scale in the order of $41 million. It it is. I talked with a a lead media person today, somebody whose work you read often. He said, this is, this situation based out of Lubbock is the talk of the automotive
1: industry right now. It is, and, it, and it's going to be, like you and I talked earlier, Ford credit is, is, is uh, they're the gold standard of credit. Uh, if you're good with Ford, good with Chase, good with J.P. Morgan, you're good with everyone. Uh, Ford doesn't let their customers run, and they don't let their dealers run. They, they keep a real tight rein on things. Uh, they don't buy B-paper, C-paper. They don't buy D. They They don't deal with rip raps and snakes. Uh, and so, for this for this to have occurred, like you and I were theorizing earlier, uh, this took some, some some inside knowledge, and I'm not so sure that it didn't take some inside help for Ford Credit. What, what do you and mean this, by that? I mean this this runs real deep. Uh, like when I worked at Team Messer Ford. Wait, are GMS, you saying
0: are you saying that Ford Credit's complicit in
1: this? I think somebody there m- may have a hand in it.
0: Or maybe somebody knew of the way that things worked.
1: Or knew how to work the system and had yeah. greased the wheels appropriately. There's, because know, it does.
0: It, well, hold on. Let me just say I'm not making an accusation, just stating facts. The CFO of Rager Dykes is a former employee of Ford Credit. So. Yes. Uh, you draw whatever deductions you are i think it's a pertinent as we're all trying to figure out just what in the hell cakes is going on i think that that's a pertinent point
1: yes it is because i mean if you, need, you would to, to 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 run something like this giving uh given ford motor credits control and and and, and the way they do things and you have seven days to pay them once your deal is funded as a dealer once you once you have run your company, those are are seven
0: seven calendar days I believe no it is seven I I can confirm that seven calendar days And by God
1: that better be paid exactly and and so they're 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 hardcore on it I mean I worked for Gene Messer and Gene Messer was a good guy had a lot of money and was golden with Ford but they didn't let him run on those deals We we see here in this deal where they're saying that Bart was averaging 55 days on getting Ford Motor Credit paid for the cars once his deals were funded. Hmm. Somebody at Ford Motor Credit was letting him run for a long time, a lot longer than they've ever let anybody else run. Because I guarantee you, seven days, they were breathing down Gene Messer's throat. And there was many times that the F and I manager or the sales manager or the store manager would come running onto the showroom floor and slap uh, an manila envelope in my hand and say, "Carry this over to Ford Motor Credit right now." Hmm. Hmm. And it's because they were pressing them for it. So, so you and know, I think show... yeah, I, I think I think Bart had help both inside and outside to get this far out of round with Ford Motor Credit. Okay, these so don't just happen.
0: Okay, so what I hear you saying there is that maybe Ford isn't as sitting as pretty as as they may presume in their documents.
1: I don't, yeah, I don't think that their entire staff is, 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 is as pure as the driven snow as they would like which to think would,
0: they are. Which would bode well on the Di- Rager Dykes side of the V in the Ford versus Rager Dykes. Um any other thoughts, Bill, before we let you go here?
1: Uh, yeah, just, uh, you know, you know, pray, pray for everybody that's going to be affected by this because Mark uh, employed a lot of people, and and we don't know how all this is going to shake out. And uh, a lot of
0: organizations it. that were pledged money, and, you know, I've heard from, a, I won't cite them on air, but, you know, we're really banking on, have made plans contingent upon uh, pledges that were made and are wondering oh, will, th- will that will they be bad. made in in lieu of uh, for I uh, for I uh, saw it was like in page three ninety seven or okay. so of that document that says essentially well um, it wasn't on three nine it was within the document there are accounts that say that that Rager Dyke's put forward the entities involved with Rager Dykes put forward a $41 million transfer, and it was either bounced or called back one or the other, and so there are other entities that were pledged a lot less than $41 million, mind you, that must be wondering at this point, uh, I guess we're not going to get that.
1: Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't expect uh, at this point if, if, if you're expecting money out of that organization that you'll be paid I would not expect to be paid. Uh, and if I was a a person working in 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 the finance and insurance department, the title department, or or any any of the uh, banking and finance side of his business, I believe I'd get real quiet while you're up about right now. Mm-hmm.
0: He is blue collar, Bill, giving us the blue collar take on the issues of the day. Thank you, buddy. Thank you, sir. I uh, got some closing thoughts as we get off here on this edition, and uh, going to get in with those. Just sticking with the theme of the day: Rager Dykes Ford versus Rager Dykes. Going to keep it real with you here on the other
1: side of Texas. Stick right with us here, at AM five eighty Lubbock. This is what happens when your mother drops you on your head one too many times. Welcome back to the other side with Jay Leeson. I'm
0: on high. carrying on with you here on the program uh, some final thoughts over the next couple of minutes um it is the news of the day so i'm gonna carry on with it um you know it is look for those of you listening outside the audience the immediate broadcast audience Lubbock is the biggest small town in the world 100% percent take it to the bank and the problem I think for Lubbock is God God willing that things are mitigated for a lot of people who are innocent in this whole matter but the problem for the community and uh for the city going forward is it's no everybody who is within uh, circles knows that these problems have been murmured about for some time uh, you know well golly, that's going to be a bad deal uh when when it finally and it has gone off and, and so i think that becomes part of the conversation uh within people Uh, In Lubbock, is you know, it just seems to me like every seven, nine years, something like this goes off, and uh, maybe not to the degree that this is going off right now. But as Bill said, you know, the first concern are all those employees who did not know what's going on, and the second is that i mean no doubt about it rager dykes was a great citizen um civically active nobody's been to a tech game ever and not seen a rager dykes advertisement on behalf of the university athletics department nor have you gone to um, i remember my daughter playing in youth basketball for the first year guess whose logo was on her jersey rager dykes and so it's a hard time for a lot of people right now and i think on the side of truth and on the side of sunshine um the best anesthetic is is the light as these things come to light um you know we have to hold people accountable but at the same time we need to to reach hands out and and help people up Uh, who've been knocked out of the way by this but as the case stands now look here's here's the breakdown of what you see in the lawsuit and the ensuing causation of correlation probably the filing for chapter 11 ford motor company provided the vehicles ford credit provided the financing on each one of those units that went on floor on floors with rager dykes and there was a fiduciary responsibility and that's going to be the new phrase going forward fiduciary responsibility to pay back that financing on the vehicles that were provided by ford and ford is clearly saying in his bill you know all second bill in this uh, ford ford you do not if you're ford you aren't just slapping Documents down and contracts down on a lawyer on a lawyer on a judge's desk unless you're absolutely sure of what went on now I will say that in Bill's analysis, which I think is fair, how did they if, if people inside Ford will say we've never seen anything on this level or this scale how did it get to that scale then if ford is the gold standard i think that's a fair question to ask but on the other side of that it did get to this scale ford is effectively saying we've not been paid for 41 million dollars worth of vehicles where are they they are finding them and folks listen i don't think this is going to get any better i, I really don't uh, again uh assume the worst and hope for the best and um, i know that i know that rager has the best of the best out there rager dykes has the best of the best out there trying to mitigate this but until then this is going to creep into every neighborhood in lubbock and lamisa and brownfield and plainview and everywhere else where there is a, a rager dykes dealership and i'm not being chicken little i i think that these things are just going to worsen and then there's the bank situation and what banks are involved in this and what local banks and um there there are going to be a lot of people and i've heard from by the way i'll just say this i've talked with car dealerships in lubbock who are really afraid right now that they're all going to get a black eye because of this but you know there are car dealerships in Lubbock that have done it the right way and have tried to do it the right way. and I think that that needs to be mentioned in this conversation as well but and also what about the 401ks of these employees and not just that they keep their jobs but what about what has been promised to them there is a whole lot out there the story is developing. We want to help you here on the other side. We're going to follow this. I like to pay attention to issues. Just to be clear with you, I don't want to I don't keep my eyes on the city of Lubbock because quite frankly it makes me tired. I, I want to look at the region, but here you have something that extends from West Texas into DFW and well beyond the Caprock and We're going to keep an eye on it here on the other side of Texas and uh, hope that you'll follow along with us there. I've tweeted from it there at my Twitter account, some documents, that uh, with wording from testimonies in in the lawsuit that I cannot repeat on air. Uh, You ought to go at J-A-Y-L-E-E-S-O-N on Twitter. You can see it there. Follow us on Facebook at O S T X Show. Uh, always there on facebook.com backslash other side of texas and uh, you can also follow us there on soundcloud other side of texas.com and that concludes this edition gonna get home gotta get home and i will say a great family and it's gonna be below and have below above average dinner because we are going out tonight to eat um whatever they serve at a local you know, amusement park. Whew, I'm getting ready. Gonna go down the log ride. I'm gonna get wet. Yeah, gonna go on roller coasters with the kids I uh, might have to take a dram meme before I get there, or maybe some gym beam. Until next time, thank you for hanging out here on one of the best podcasts on Apple Podcasts. Thank you. Oh, tomorrow! Whoa, 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 whoa! Tomorrow on the program, I'd be remiss not to mention this. Senator John Cornyn will join us on the twelve billion dollar aid package. That Trump has put out for President Trump has put out through the USDA to help mitigate tariff damage incurred by farmers and producers in American agriculture also Brandon Darby down somewhere on the border I don't know where it is but he's gonna check in with us as well and a great program for you lined up with the sort of content you've come to expect here on the program now some red shahan to take us out of the program your thoughts show at other side of texas thank you for tuning in here we'll see you right here 23 hours from now on my other side of texas
1: and step the there.